Alexei. <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Spec, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. But I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. Oh, golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So I have this course, and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it's done now, and uh, we're, we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in like April. Yeah, I shot the joint. It was I shot it. Supposed to be ready like April May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. They would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning and your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then... You need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, so so tell me about the academy and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because Every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information. 
that you don't believe in. <laughs> because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I'm a, I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you get your money back. Mm-hmm. That leave them accountable mm-hmm. to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teaching. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like, why he's struggling? If he, if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say... 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people's like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence, it's just like, I just... I'm just straight to it. Like, let's go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Success leave breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. My team would literally, you'll bring us on. You'll give us our retainer. And we would literally make somebody a quarter million dollars in a month off of like a $5,000 ad spend. And we would consistently do that to the point where I was just like, yo, why are we making everybody else all this money? We're only getting this. I don't really want to partner with them. So how about I just continue the clients we have, keep those going, and let me focus on my own products, my own, my own, hire myself as a as a client mm. and um and then focus on partnerships with different influencers or celebrities and things like that but only really pick the right people so that birth 
the company that was our technologies. Well, we built out the technology. Well, now we're going to do this same structure on testing out hundreds of products, seeing what float to the top. Once we know what floats to the top, we're going to take that and we're going to pick an influencer and we're going to match them up with a product. And we're going to make the next Kali Jenna with the next Kali, Kali Cosmetics. And then the next component to that is called Social Seed. Well, we change the way that your favorite, that your most, um, we change the way that fans support their favorite influencer. Okay. So we're going to make it where your top 1,000 fans could invest in your product before launch. Dang. Goodness gracious. Okay, first off, so you're part of influencers. I just got over 100,000, so I'm telling you. You're, you're influencer. I'm you're influencer. You're influencer. You, right you there? So you we, there? We, can, we can put something together? We can partner? You know, I got to run it through the team. <laughs> <laughs> that means uh, I'm gonna need that retainer. Regardless, <laughs> not ours. Okay. No. How cool we are. Give me that retainer. <laughs> I, I respect it though because if we can, you make quarter million dollars in a month. Like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, it's easy. But you'll be surprised how easy it is. People think once you have the data, you can do whatever you want with that data. Mm. You can literally take lookalike audience, which is basically when somebody buy your product, you can have a hundred people that purchase. And what it tells Facebook is, hey, Facebook, take all that information, they put it all in one little bundle, and then they see what all this what all attributes do they have that's similar. Okay. And then they go and look at your interests, see what you're interested in, who are you following. And they go follow, they go find more people that look just like that. Right. So if you like Pretty Ricky, David Shans, and Jordan shoes, and you purchase from Spectacular, then nine out of ten, if you find people that like those three things, nine out of ten, they're gonna like me too. Gotcha. gotcha. So they'll put that hundred people in the bucket and go find a million more people that's just like that. And once you find a million more people like that and you put your same as that product right in front of them, sales skyrocket. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I wanna I I wanna I wanna like go go back and then get back to where we are, but pretty Ricky. Mm-hmm. How old were you when y'all started? And how did y'all start? How did y'all pretty Ricky? Are y'all real friends or somebody put that together put put y'all together? Now nah, we family, man. Like real blood family or Diamond is my bro brother, baby blue. I keep calling my government. My bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so blue is your blood brother. Yeah, your blood brother. Yeah, same same yeah. parents, same mom, same dad. Oh wow! And then Slick is my cousin, and then P. We knew him for so long. We call him a brother, but you know that's a childhood friend. Mm-hmm. So we already had like chemistry. I literally never wanted to be a rapper. Really? I got forced to be a rapper. What did you want to do before this whole... I, I just wanted to be an entertainer. I used to just be in a dance group, dancing on stage, having fun. Like, And it's great we, we did the interview in Miami, mm-hmm. right? Because in Miami, they call it dancing, booty shaking. That's what they call it, booty mm-hmm. shaking. 
And that's all I cared about was dancing on stage. I used to dance in front of 3,000 fans. Uh, they call it the Omni, the National Guard, Martin Luther King Parade. I was always on stages. So my dad used to see me. I thought you were always on stages doing what? Dancing. I used to be in a dance group. Like dancing so you were on in stage. a dance group? Yeah. So what this wasn't, shows, this wasn't dance a hobby. This is just, this ain't something you just like to do. Like you were actually competing. Yeah, we compete. Yeah, we did all that. We so did. how'd you put the dance group together? Were, were your brother, was your, was was Pretty Ricky a dance group first? Or no, so, you was so it was something I was doing. And right. then Blue seen what I was doing and he jumped in. He was in the dance group mm-hmm. too. He wasn't the best, but you know, he could, he, <laughs> he had a little solo that he could do. He could make the crowd get on their feet. Right, right. So we was in a group called Baby Forever Nasty. Baby Forever Nasty. Yeah. That was and the name of the group? That was the name of the group. And we was all like in, in middle school. We was all in middle school and even elementary, fifth grade, because the the, the main group name was Forever Nasty. And they, they was the group that was teaching us. So we was baby Forever Nasty. How old was the Forever Nasty group? They was like, they was in high school, and some was out of high school, like just out of high school. Forever nasty. And then y'all's baby. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, what did they end up doing? Anything? Do you know? Do you still know those guys, those people? Yeah, actually, one of the main people that taught me how to do dance routines and everything literally reached out to me the other day and asked me to mentor them. Really? Yeah, that, it wins. 360. Interesting. See if you in shape. See if you can run three miles. Let's go. What do? But we go show the world all we know how to do is when we can't think, we fight. Nah, homie, that's why you niggas broke. That go for Bosco. That's, oh, that's why them niggas broke at their mama house, homie. On to Bosco, right? Um, we did an interview and we spoke about um, how gangs. Yeah, he doesn't agree with you. he doesn't agree with your your input on. Well, he said gang. Gangs. He 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 made it like gangs was positive. He's saying that people outside of gangs do crime too. Oh, uh, we ain't saying about what gangs do crime. Gangs wake up to kill black people. People who commit crimes don't wake up to kill black people. Gangs don't commit crimes. Gangs kill black people. The niggas don't wake up and go rob and snatch persons. They don't gangs don't wake up and break in the car. They wake up to go put in work and kill black people. That's all they do. Nothing else. They don't exist to do nothing else. So what in the fuck he talking about? That nigga got to be the dumbest motherfucker in the world. He got to be the dumbest motherfucker. That's why he can't get out of his mama house. Bro, is watching us, homie. We ain't got no gladiators. We got Floyd Mayweather fighting Paul Logan. 
Man, we ain't got no niggas looking strong nowhere, huh? <coughs> we got a gay nigga fighting a begging nigga. Homie, the world, nigga, them Russians looking at us, everybody think they can whoop us now, homie. Man, the Mexicans calling us, yeah, we saying nigga, and ain't nothing y'all can do about it. The Asians saying, yeah, we using the word nigga. I dare y'all to say something. You see how much hate I'm getting from the Asian community. They disrespecting me publicly, calling me all kind of, and ain't no nigga saying, man, let's go to war with them Asians. Nigga, we looking weak. Our kids will be spit on, homie. Our kids will be treated like their ancestors 20 years from now. A motherfucker with me and your skin that look like me and you will be spit on by all these other ethnicities <clears throat> in this country, homie. Mm. We have to go beg. We got to go to them for our clothes. We eat at their restaurants. I ain't never in my life ate Chinese food. Never. I ain't never ate no other kind of food, homie. And you never ate Chinese food? I never ate Chinese food ever in my life. Is it because you think they use I was raised not to eat them people food. Man, my grandmama them taught us. Man, them people, no. They'll spit in your food. Man, them people don't... That's who they put on. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, but make him famous, you know? But now the gates are unlocked. Now everybody on SoundCloud is like they can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. If you have the talent and you're able to stay persistent and consistent with music, you're going to pop sooner or later. Something's going to catch on fire. Mm. All you need... <laughs> It's to hit one ball. One. You don't have to be right no times but once. Once you write that one time, and I don't give a damn, you don't know how to swing at fastballs, don't hit fastballs. If all you know is curveballs, when that curveball comes, you swing the bat as hard as you can. Sooner or later, if you keep swinging, you're going to knock some out the park. It's going to be life-changing. And they're scared of that. Wow. They're scared of that because if that happens, then guess what? It's more wealth in the black communities. And guess what? The money circulates when it gets in the communities. When you go in, it goes to the corner stores. It goes to like, it's still in the community, right? Mm -hmm. The money changes hands. And now guess what? I got enough money to support your dream now. Yeah. I got enough money to support his dream now. And everybody is building, but it's things in place to make sure it's like credit card companies. They discriminate, but people don't know they discriminate because they're like, oh, they can't discriminate. No, they do. They don't market based on certain area codes. If you put a certain area code in, you automatically get denied. Why? Because they already know that area code has this certain amount of revenue coming in every single year. This your annual revenue. You don't fit the criteria. Mm. Even if you do. You don't fit the criteria. You in the wrong neighborhood. You don't get this card. And they're doing the same thing with investments. Like, why? Why got to be a credit investor? I love it. 
People yeah. come up with they want to come up with, but that's my, you know, that's my logic. I can't wait to see it, my brother. Look, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, please let the the people know how they can contact you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, definitely, I am spectacular on all social media platforms. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Hit me up on Clubhouse, dropping game constantly. The power Circle, shout out to the Power Circle. Nonprofit, hey, that's another thing that's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest communities for people to come together, entrepreneurs to come together to share resources. The technology that's going to be built out for that is going to be crazy for people to come in and literally have one-on-one conversations to be able to share resources and uh, and be able to have masterminds and accountability. It's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, make sure you guys check me out. Power Circles, if you do want to apply for Power Circles, all you got to do is make over 100000 If you want to be a part of that community, go to powercircles.org and uh, check it out. But other than that, you guys can text my number. I gave it to you guys earlier, but 786-661-1224. Hit me up. Ask me some questions. And actually, if you listen to this interview, every time you hear it, listen. Drop me a comment, man, on my last post on Instagram. Let me know how you Please. felt about this interview. Because I want to know your thoughts. I can't really stalk the comments like that, but I look at my Instagram almost every day. All right? Hit me up. Appreciate that, Spike. All right, man, close out with something. A word of wisdom, man. There's an entrepreneur out there that they, they, they're, they're having a hard time. They're struggling. They got this vision, and it's just not coming to fruition. Or, you know, they got some issues or, uh, you know, dramas or, you know, just uh, things going on in their life. So mm-hmm. what is on your heart right now to share with that person? Well, the first thing I would say is your thoughts become your reality. So if you put yourself in a state of mind that everything is possible, it's just the amount of time on when it's going to happen. And continuously work on your craft. Too many people are master of nothing. They master the craft of nothing. (laughs) So you have to become a master of something and go at it full speed, full throttle, want it, mental as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe and come into this thing and understand that you're not a victim. Too many victims out here. Nobody's a victim. You're the only person you can blame for your situation. Nobody else. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter how your dad treated you. It don't matter how you, how you was raised. Bill Gates said, If you are born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault. Because you have every opportunity to get whatever you want and find the guidance, find the mentorship. Because it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of guidance and accountability. So find somebody that's going to leave you accountable to your goals, your mission, your dreams. Everything that you literally put your mind to is it's something that can be achievable. 
anybody who you know that's wealthy, that's famous, they all started from zero. Zero followers on Instagram, zero followers, zero followers on Facebook, zero dollars in their bank account. Everybody had to get that first deposit and build relationships and make sure that you're putting more deposits in than withdrawals. My rule of thumb is give 10 times and ask once. Before you guys got like into a relationship relationship or was it the relationship first and then you guys teamed up together? So it was the relationship first. And, um, you know, part of what brings us together um, are our commonalities. So we both have an interest and a background in Asia and that's the region that we were working. So we were in different offices, but the same region. And so we both had, um, so I was, uh, I lived in Japan from the ages of two to six. And I spoke Japanese when we lived there. And then we moved back to the States after that. So I had this, you know, my like, my like pivotal, my growing years were in Japan. So I had this, really? yeah, so I had this really strong What were you doing connection. in Japan? My parents, my pa- my dad's Venezuelan, okay. so my mom met my dad in Fort Lauderdale, moved with him to Venezuela. I was born there, and they converted to Buddhism, a Buddhism that the sect is um, it's the Nichiren uh, Shoshu Buddhism in, in, from Japan. So they had friends who had already gone to like explore this Buddhism more in Japan. And my parents were trying to figure out how to get there. My dad found a school that did, um, had a master's in architectural photography. So he enrolled in the school. He like learned Japanese, enrolled in architectural photography school, and they just took us. Well, I was just me at the time. So yeah, my, my mom, I'm two, and my mom goes halfway across the world and... They, they like adventure. That's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you learned English and Japanese. I mean, you were obviously old enough yes. to already know English, but you learned Japanese at a very young age. Yeah. So Japanese, Spanish, and English were my first three languages, which was interesting when I moved back because I moved to St. Petersburg and um, I my second grade teacher <laughs> tried to hold me, no, my first grade, my first grade teacher tried to hold me back because she said that knowing so many languages made me slow, <laughs> which, you know, that's, it was 1986. That's okay. Um, but my mom pushed back and I ended up in gifted class instead. <laughs> so, um, Teach their own. Exactly. <laughs> but ever since then, I was, you know, when we got to the agency, you know, I, I want, I had Spanish I was like, I can pick Japanese right back up. I had enough of it. And that was my interest. And then Andy has Chinese. And his um, he has a degree in uh, East Asian studies. And so we had this common interest in that region and in working the targets in that region. So it was natural for us to eventually end up working the same targets. I don't think we were ever at the same time in the same office, but that doesn't mean that we weren't working the same targets, if that makes sense. Like, um, for example, 
they'll have a regional office that will do Asia, but then they'll have another office that does a subject matter like counterproliferation, mm -hmm. right? So you can be have two people, one in a regional office, one in counterproliferation, and then they overlap because counterproliferation happens everywhere in the world. So that's how it ended up happening. And where are you guys at at this point? Like, where is the CIA headquarters? Like that you guys, where's the building that you guys are working at? So we were in Langley at the main okay, okay. headquarters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we were there for quite some time before, you know, doing TDYs and things like that. So. And how long was it before you guys actually went out into the field and went to Asia together? So we... And where did you guys go to China? Uh, we... I. I you don't can't think, say? Yeah, we can't say the exact location. Oh, Asia. Okay. <laughs> Asia, okay. Um, but we did a number of TDYs separately. Um, so we had started traveling for the agency almost as soon as we joined. Oh, okay. Right, like he, him going, you know, I would go one country, he would go another country d at different times as the office, as the mission dictated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, eventually I, I knew that I wanted to be assigned overseas, um, for a longer period of time. So I started, you know, just putting a little bug in my manager's ear, like I will go literally anywhere. Um, I was like, Ulaanbaatar, I don't care. Like just send me overseas. Um, I wanted the excitement of being in the field because it's the work is different, right? Like headquarters work is slower field work. Like you are on the ground real time, like stuff happens, you know, like, um, where we were, there was a, like a small terrorist attack while we were assigned there, you know, and I'm like, it's action like stuff is happening real time like i'm working with the foreign service there um you know it's just incredible so we i think we were together i think we were together three years um before we were sent out for a long assignment and that was it was amazing what is it about about Asia and those cultures that excite you or interest you? So I think a lot of it has to do with my childhood. Just the fact that I, because my first memories are of Japan mm -hmm. and because my parents are Buddhist. So even when we came back, that culture continued. Um, it's just comfortable for me. I like so I, I definitely feel American. I am definitely Americanized, but I also have this very strong, like I understand the, the culture of putting your community before yourself, which is very Asian, right? Like Americans mm. are very independent. Um, you usually put yourself before others. But in Asia, like when, like when coronavirus started, it's being used. It's not private. Mm -hmm. So when the Snowden thing happened and I, and a number of people started chiming up and being like, oh my gosh, look what the government's doing and they're spying on us. We are not spying on you. I'm, you know, the, if the CIA, first of all, cannot spy on an American. 
they have to have permission to touch anything American related, like U.S. sit related. The FBI can. That's their purview, right? Like they are responsible. If the FBI is watching you, you're probably doing something wrong. If you're doing something wrong and you're worried about your privacy, you should probably stop doing something wrong. <laughs> like, right. if you're selling drugs and you're worried that your privacy is being invaded, you should probably stop selling drugs. Like, mm-hmm. you're doing something wrong. Um, yeah, so that's, and, and the CIA is not looking at you, I promise you, unless you are an undercover, like, Chinese intelligence officer. Nobody's looking at your stuff. Nobody's listening to your phone calls. I promise. Right. Well, wasn't his his overall reasoning for doing this was because of the so-called Patriot Act that was enacted after Mm 9-11 was used. And it was actually proven that they were taking transcripts and actually recording and and actively listening into like millions of Americans phone calls, whether they had any sort of uh, any sort of reason to do it or not. Right. So think about like the easiest way to gather data. Right. So like you have you have a giant bowl of M&Ms here. Right. And I need to get like the green M&M that's in the middle. Like that's the one I'm interested in, is that green right. M&M in the middle. Right. I'm not going to like be able to dig through and find that little green M&M. The fastest way for me to do it is to scoop up your entire bowl of M&Ms and then sift it through a filter, a software program, right? Sift it through until my filter, my software program pops up that green M&M that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like that's the most efficient way to do it is to do giant grabs. I'm not really looking for the red M&M or the yellow M&M. I don't care about the brown M&M. Like none of that really matters to me. Mm. I'm looking for this one thing and the best way for me to get it is to just do a grab all and sift through it. Like I'm not actually listening. Like nobody's listening to all those conversations. Think about like millions of conversations there are not people out there just listening to conversations. That's not, you know, lit- like, like I said before, right? It's How does an it work office with cubicles, <laughs> like, like office workers. Is it, you know? is it some sort of like AI that's basically like scanning all of these phone calls and text messages looking for keywords or what is it? So I, so I, I couldn't talk about it even if I knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that, you know, the analysis is done by analysts, human beings, right? Okay. So data, data collection is done the way any company would do data collection, right? I mean, it's just a different, a different style. But, like, Google collects your data, like, Apple collects your data, tons of people collect your data. It's all done the same way, right? It's all pooling tons of data, in the end, it's a person, me or somebody else, that's going through that individually, you know, eight and a half hours every weekday, looking for connections, looking for information, 
you know, there's, there's not time. Like we are very focused, right? Like we know who we want and we know how to get there. We are not just idly listening. You know, it's not like when you flip through YouTube and you're just idly watching people. It's not that. Like well, we have a job. Isn't it also true that we haven't caught any terrorists through the Patriot Act by by tapping people's phone calls? Hmm. I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. And and I will say that Aiden, maybe you could Google it, maybe find some uh, fake article, <laughs> <laughs> some fake Russian article. Well, I will say that I'm not, I'm not a uh, uh, terrorists caught through the Patriot Act or tapping American phone call, something like that. Yeah, and I will say that I'm not, I'm not saying that something shouldn't have been done about the Patriot Act, right? Mm-hmm. The Patriot Act was something that came out of 9-11 mm-hmm. for a specific purpose. And I think things like that oftentimes, right, because it was broad. So because it was broad and already in use, it's easier to just kind of keep it there. Yeah. So I'm not saying that shouldn't have been reviewed mm-hmm. because I think that, you know, a policy, particularly if a policy comes out of like a time of war, that needs to be reviewed, right? Like, is it still meeting the purpose? Can we narrow it, right? So that's why I say, you know, I support whistleblowing, right? I support reviewing things that are already in practice because, you know, maybe something that was okay the first three years after 9-11, you know, isn't okay 10 years down the road maybe Mm -hmm. that's unnecessary maybe it's reaching too far maybe you do a review and you find out that it's not serving its purpose you're not actually catching terrorists right i mean the information even if it wasn't carrying you know capturing terrorists probably was good for other forms of intelligence that nobody's talking about because Mm. nobody cares um, doesn't have as much of a like impact when you talk about other forms of intelligence. Right. But yeah. I guess I mean the the hard part to to deal with is the fact that they use something like nine eleven and the the clever marketing of calling it the quote Patriot Act. I was like, boo, he kinda extra like he talking about I changed his life. She's like, nah, bro. My man was getting fifteen hundred dollars. He just spoke for an hour virtually and got ten grand. So she was like, yo, own it. I was like, come on then, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so Amazing. like, for real, and everybody not getting that. I got some people getting $1,500, $2,500, four grand. It's all over the place, right? Yeah, right? But the fact that you can do that virtually or in person, it ain't changed lives, ain't nothing like it. So uh, I worked 40 hours a week to make $3,000 a month. Oh, yeah, the Cheesecake Factory. And so you see why when you first asked how about the price, I even feel weird sharing it. Because all my partners, Marcus, like Neo, Josh, like all the homies is like, bro, your course is like, it needs to be five grand for everything that you're doing. And they got access to you. And they coming on Yo, the calls. Don't let Neo pressure you because he be pressuring me, bro. Every time <laughs> yeah, I talk to him, I'm not charging enough. Like, I'm like, yo, bro. Every me. time. Every time. <laughs> and I be hearing it. And But, but when people sure. in my community was like, yeah, I would have paid five grand for this. Mm. I would have paid more. That's why when you first asked how much, and I was like, it's two grand. And you was like, can we get a discount? 
That's why I was a slightly hesitant because it was just like, because I'm on camera too. Right. A pressure. You know what? <laughs> Yo, listen, if you but, but I love it though. I don't, I'm not gonna renege. For sure. No, no, no. But let's let's just check this out. If it because things change, we don't know how this joint is gonna be on for 10 years, right? Right. So if it changes, just promise me it will be a discount under what you normally charge. Yes, so for next sure. Level. Speakers Academy is watching us, homie. We ain't got no gladiators. We got Floyd Mayweather fighting Paul Logan. Man, we ain't got no niggas looking strong nowhere, homie. <coughs> we got a gay nigga fighting a begging nigga. Homie, the world, nigga, them Russians looking at us, everybody think they can whoop us now, homie. Man, the Mexicans calling us, yeah, we saying nigga. And there ain't nothing y'all can do about it. The Asians saying, yeah, we using the word nigga. I dare y'all to say something. You see how much hate I'm getting from the Asian community. They disrespecting me publicly, calling me all kind of, and ain't no nigga saying, man, let's go to war with them Asians. Nigga, we looking weak. Our kids will be spit on, homie. Our kids will be treated like their ancestors 20 years from now. A motherfucker with me and your skin that look like me and you will be spit on by all these other ethnicities <clears throat> in this country, homie. <clears throat> we have to go beg. We got to go to them for our clothes. We eat at their restaurants. I ain't never in my life ate Chinese food. Never. I ain't never ate no other kind of food, homie. Oh, you never ate Chinese food? I never ate Chinese food, ever in my life. Is it because you think they use I was raised not to eat them people food. Man, my grandmama them taught us. Man, them people, no. They'll spit in your food. Man, them people don't curse them. Man, man, we was taught by niggas. What you think niggas used to do when they served white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves? And them white folks sitting out there, you think them folks wasn't spitting in their drinks and their food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So I'm going to be, you think I'm going to be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind there and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate anything. They can they can they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything. Nigga, they can make a human. They so smart and sharp. So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, if you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat tastes like pork, they have bought. Over 80% of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I need you to do me a favor. Go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something. Then come back to your community and go teach your community how you did what you did. It is the only way our community can grow, okay? We are out of here. Peace. What if I told you for $1, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week? From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. TheMorningMeetup.com, a dollar. I'm going to give you all this for a dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want, all right? TheMorningMeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning. He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. At least y'all know I smoke weed, I cuss. I call a woman a bitch. Uh, so my flaws is shown, right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't, I don't, hey, I don't, I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy. So what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas falling, man. Fuck them niggas, homie. I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama and them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't gave, he ain't fed the village like Muddy and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him, homie. We don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. So, uh, it's not the... Motherfucker. Before you ask anybody for one thing, make sure you give 10. And be proactive. So many times people, oh, if you need me that, just let me know I'm coming. No, say, yo, I'm here. What you need me to do? Mm, I like that. And and be intentional about your relationships. Every last thing you do should be intentional. You shouldn't leave your house unless it aligns with your goals. No matter who you're dealing with, it has to make sense. That's the only way you can trim the fat. I say I like, I would rather throw away 100 pennies to get four quarters. Surround yourself around quality people that's going to help you get to your mission, who think like you, who move like you, who's going to make sure they push you and motivate you. 
Because sometimes who's going to motivate the motivator? So you got to have those people that's going to be a cheerleader. So when shit hit the fan, you got somebody that's going to support you. When your back is against the wall, you have people that's going to jump and defend you. And just go at it, man. Don't give up to get what you what you need and what you're looking for. You know, the day that you gave up could have been the day that you made it. I love it, man. Listen, you can't close out a podcast no more, no better than that. Listen, man, go follow my brother Spectacular, man. Do me a favor. Go get you some social proof, man. I want you to go build something, okay? Lock in. Be consistent. Be persistent. Focus on your relationships. This is one of those podcasts you probably need to just listen to for the whole month, okay? Just listen to it (laughs) because there's so many uh, gems being dropped. So go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something, and I want you to uh, come back to the community and teach them how you did it. We are out of here. Peace. What if I told you for $1, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you... Would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. TheMorningMeetup.com, a dollar. I'm going to give you all this for a dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want, all right? TheMorningMeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning. You're submitting. How many were you submitting, like, at a time per week or what? It varies, but per month, I was probably doing between... 10 to 12 yeah, per month. I was going hard, man. But a lot of people don't understand with the federal government, there's no proposal writing. That's what a lot of people get hung up on. Okay, so the state level, you have to write a proposal. You hear Mm -hmm. people say, oh, I I hired a proposal writer to write my proposals. Okay, cool. In the federal government, there's no proposal writing. You're just submitting documents. Mm -hmm. anybody can do that but guess who's submitting the documents I'm calling my subcontractor to give me the document that I need I'm still not doing that I'm being the best echo the government says hey we need these three documents okay cool hey subcontractor I need these three documents they submit the documents to me I just look them over for you know clarity make Mm -hmm. sure they read well because it has to read well then I submit that in my package. God. So that's how I was able to move like this. And what happened when it started to click, where that joint started hitting, like you're getting these contracts? What, what, do, you, what do you think happened? I probably t- started to take my time. Mm. I, I probably started to take my time and start to really, really dive into helping the subcontractors. Because now I'm starting to understand they don't know that I'm getting, I'm going after a contract for five years. They don't have to charge me all this money up front. They can start to get their money throughout the years like me progressively. 
So if it starts out at 10,000, by the end of year five, we had 25,000 or we possibly at 35. So in the beginning, I just was accepting all quotes. Okay, you want 100,000? Great. And I just put money on top of the 100,000. Okay, now I started to look at prices a little bit different. I say, hey, where can we adjust your price? Because this is going to be a five-year run. When I started to do stuff like that and have conversations with the sub. You're negotiating oh with the Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's when I, I started to take off because now that when I put my sense, money on bro. top, you feel me? When I put my money on top, I have a competitive quote to the government and overall, everybody looks good. Gotcha. That's so when it started to click. In the beginning, it was just like, all right, you want 100000 All right, I'm going to charge the government 110000 or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you negotiate the number with the, cover, the mm-hmm. subcontractor. Here's my question because you have 40 people, 40 contracts now. Meaning your money is reliant on them performing, yep. which seems scary to me. Oh, okay. How do you manage that? Because I if I said, I'm like, yo, Joe, you go install the elevator, and he's a <laughs> janky company. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, how, that's for me, that, that would be one of the things that turned me off. Like, ah, yeah. I don't know. Because they out there, right? The, the companies that look good on their website, the company that has the rep, the great representative that answers the phone mm-hmm. and all that sounds good, but their work is just trash. Mm-hmm. It's out there. All you do is you just get them out there. Remember, I'm getting three quotes from three different companies. I might just go with this one because they're the lowest, but I got two others sitting on the bench ready to go if this company is jacking up now, I don't manage them while they're out there working mm-hmm. because I tap into what's called the point of contact at the facility. They're there every day. I'm not even nowhere near close to that. So I'm you building that work for them or you hire your own. No, I don't hire anybody. So when you get awarded a contract, right, the government gives you a point of contact at the facility to basically oversee your contract. The government gives you a point of contact contact at the facility. Yeah. So let's say... Give me an example. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's say it's a janitorial contract. So the, the workers come in there every single day, but it's a person at the government facility assigned to watch that work. I see. They have their My own job, manager. There you go. My job is to be buddy-buddy with that point of contact at the facility. Oh, you're giving the sauce now. <laughs> yeah, you're giving the sauce now. Then that's how you manage it. I, half the time, guess how many times I talk to my subcontractors? Not much. Twice. Invoicing time. Invoicing. Like, when it's time, I, I didn't get the invoice on time. Hey, um, LLC, John LLC, I didn't get your invoice. What's going on? Can you submit your invoice? Because I want them to submit the invoice to me on time so I can keep that train rolling. Mm-hmm. Or the second time I call them, I just haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. Hey, I know everything's going good. Are you satisfied? Like, we good? Yeah. And, you know, just chop it up. So you hire a X company to do this job. Have you ever had a situation where, like, 
you paid them. Maybe like you paid them and they didn't do the job. You got to like dip, dip into your bread to get a new company to come out, which make be a higher quote. Yeah. yeah. So the back half of that situation has, has happened a lot. I got to get another company, but now they don't want to be at the first company's rate. Mm-hmm. So now it just dip into my my money, yeah. right? So if I'm at 10 rats and I got to go into that, that's cool. Price I'm still, yeah. yeah. Here, you want 5,000 of my money, you can have it. I'm still getting five rats. We're not doing any work at right. all. Right, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't sweat the small stuff. Now, what happens is if they don't do the work, they're not performing. We get paid in the rears. So it's 30, it's net 30. So they got to do the work first or not do the work before I even pay them. So oh. I'm not paying them and then they go do the work. They do the work, then I pay them. So the government pays in arrears. Yep. So you got to say, yo, I got, I need to net something with y'all. Yeah. You paying me every... Goddamn bully leaves the goddamn keys to the Escalade or his navigator blocking the damn boat. The keys are with him out. Who the hell knows where across the state? And I got to get the goddamn boat out of there. And uh, that was a fiasco. Does anybody want to buy a 27-foot Formula PC? Brand new paint. Come on. We're lowering the price. Brand new paint. That boat is beautiful, and it runs perfect. I'm telling you now. It did run good. I'll tell you what. It's worth 50 grand all day long. 30 grand right now. Contact Rafal. 30 grand. You got to pick it up. And I can't guarantee the trailer, no. Because the trailer's not mine. But I'll try, I'll help you get a trailer, and the trailer ain't going to cost you no more than a grand or two. Yeah, go to Okay, it. come on. Come on down and look at that boat. What's the name of uh, Justin's uh, truck place you got Go at? to Amera Truck Sales if you need a truck. Is that the same name? He normally changes his name so. all the Does time because he? he's always in trouble or something. I don't know. Oh. It's on Highway 19, Amera Truck Sales, and it's call us and let's do it. All right, what else you got? AJ White, thanks for the $20. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. David Almendarez, thanks for the $2. Shout out to Crazy Jewish. Crazy Jewish. For $4.99. Cheap Jew. Ben, are you looking forward to Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur. I don't even have a yarmulke. I mean, you know... Honestly, I'm I'm not religious, so you know the holidays are the holidays are the holidays. That's not true. You are religious on Jewish holidays. You turn religious. He turns into a real. Can I say Jew? Yeah, a Jew. And you're a liar. I'm not a liar. You are a liar. How many times have I ever been to synagogue? Do you know I've been the whole time you've been on this earth? How many times? It's not that. How many times? It's in our house. It's what? Here. You don't he know what Jewish is. Let me tell you. Jew. You don't even know what Jewish is. I'm serious. They got so many things going on. You he blow your mind. A real Jew. Quiet before I make you go get bar mitzvah. You know what the Jews will do all their drinking? I didn't even get a bar, bar mitzvah. mitzvah. I didn't you get one. I'll get you one. I'm good. You ain't going to do it. Okay. I didn't even do it. IG, All right, IG, move on. What else you got, Jew boy? IGH Properties, thanks for the $49.99. All right, big money for file. You're going to be eating some sausage tonight. And maybe a bite. <laughs> Don't take that wrong. Anyway, what else you got? <laughs> David Al Mendez, thanks again for $5. 
When's Mike Bonus and Polly gonna be on the podcast? Mike Bonus is a pain in my onus. Okay, you better get out there and you better get the goddamn vacancies we're getting in retail. We just heard from uh, a mattress store that's going dark. All right, he's sitting on plenty of empty space and he ain't getting it rented. And in, I don't know, 